Hey folks, this is Rudy from RPG Retrofit. I just uh, flipping through my old School Essentials books. I ended up, uh, uh, I came in a couple days ago, a few days back, and it was raining. I'm not gonna do an unboxing because it was honestly pouring rain when it came in. Like the cardboard box it was in was like mush, like a corner of it was so soaking wet it was mush. But uh, it was packaged so well inside with bubble wrap and everything that um, there was no issues with it. But I, I've been flipping through the rules tome a little bit. I did the Peter Mullen cover. Um, but right now I'm just kind of looking at the individual uh, small books. It's funny, uh, I heard a couple of people on their unboxings comment on the size and like kind of being surprised at how tiny it is. So I kind of, I was prepared. But yeah, a friend of mine got, got his copy uh, about a about a week before me and he was <laughs> sending us pictures of his hand next to the rules tome and, and I and I kind of get it like in my head when I think of a big rules tome like that I think of like the DCC hardcover which is huge you know super thick big big format or like even the D&D books the 5e books are huge too um, so but I was uh, at this point by the time I got everything I was I was ready for it to be kind of small so I, I like it. I love this size. I love this like digest size. I'm enjoying all the covers, the uh, cover illustrations. Honestly, I think my favorite one is for the uh, the genre rules book. I love that image, like these sort of like sailors coming up to this city on the back of a giant turtle. It just has really nice colors. Reminds me of the '70s. The waves and the, the clouds look great. The cover's by Andrew Walter. This is a very cool looking book, The Genre Rules. But I, but I loved the, uh, the image they have for the, um, the rules tome and the core rules, the Peter Mullen image. That's what I chose. So I really enjoy that picture. Um, I love the way they've done the layout. Like even the font size, the font selections are just so clean. Um, but they have character still. I don't like when a stuff is too clean, like too like um, sort of sanitized looking. But when it's the other end of the spectrum, it's too grimy or, or too uh, busy. It's 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 tough. All this stuff looks so good. So, anyways, I'm excited for Old School Essentials. Um, I don't think I've ever played uh, much of BX type of style of d and I think back in the day we did sort of one-offs here and there. Yeah, but I never really dug into it, so I'm excited to. I mean, I've played some derivatives, some of the retro clones that are you know, based around BX, but um, I'm excited to sit, basically play essentially a very pure version of it. So this is going to be rad, so I'm excited been rainy here in Los Angeles for the past week or so off and on it's raining right now looking at it uh, uh, rain drops on the pool uh, we went to Disneyland my daughter and my wife a couple days ago on Wednesday so for the holiday for the Thanksgiving holiday I got Wednesday Thursday Friday off so it's pretty awesome bunch of days off it's worked out good so we went on Wednesday it wasn't that crowded but it was raining really bad but we were prepared we knew it was going to rain so we came like fully geared up uh, we looked like crazy post-apocalyptic uh, disneyland fans um 
But a lot of people did too. So it's funny. You see a lot of people who were straight up there in shorts and t-shirts. But then with the ponchos over them because it was pouring rain. But um, we were we were geared up in our rain boots and our our the full uh, head-to-toe gear. So we were fine. And it was fun. It's different. If you kind of go there prepared, I think it's fine. Um, but when when we've been there or been out and you get caught in the rain, that's that's something different. I'm not a big fan of that. But um, it's been it's been nice. So one of the uh, perks of the weather being kind of crummy and then having some time off has been spending more time uh, with my daughter playing board games. She's starting to get into board games. She's six. She's a she's a very bright six. So we play a bunch of board games with her, and she does pretty well. Um, I'm just kind of looking around. I have too many board games, but I do I do have like as I sort of progressed in my board game career as a player I and a collector I, I started to lean more towards family friendly fare so I've got a lot of games that like you can easily modify to make them kid friendly or to just you know sort of handicap yourself or just sort of play them in a sort of a light way and stuff or I are just straight up some of these games are just kind of kid games <laughs> you know even if it's a bunch of uh 30 and 40 year olds playing them they're really kids games but um we've had fun we've had uh, we've been playing board games every day it's been a blast so yeah the rain's not too bad uh, but it's raining right now it's it's been pretty dry like thanksgiving wasn't too bad you know it's been a nice holiday weekend so tomorrow we're going back to disneyland one more time and it's not supposed to be raining it might be cold but it won't be rainy so should be pretty good Hope everybody's having a good uh, weekend out there. And wherever you're at in the world, you're uh, making do with what the, what the weather gods give you. I wanted to talk a little bit about one of my favorite DCC modules. Uh, it's a third-party module, the Frostfang Expedition. Um, it come, uh, it's from Purple Sorcerer Games, and it's written by Mark Bishop. Um, and I just really like it. It's a first-level adventure but you could also kind of run into the funnel and one of the things it, it's there's a couple of things that i really enjoy about this module and i just want to sort of highlight them um, so let me read the back of it bone chilling thrills from the author of nebin pendlebrook's perilous pantry i have that adventure also but i haven't read it the Frostfang Expedition challenges PCs to reach the top of a frozen and treacherous peak on a mission of discovery. Why have huge chunks of a mysterious sorcerer's floating castle begun raining down on the once quiet village of Neverthaws? The quest for answers will uncover hidden motives, fearsome foes, and deadly environments galore. Uh, and it says on the inside cover... The Frostfang Expedition, an instant action Dungeon Crawl Classics RPG adventure for four to eight first level adventurers by Mark Bishop. And uh, one of the first things I really like about this is sort of something in the intro. Let me kind of read it to you. The Frostfang Expedition is an instant action adventure designed to be enjoyed in a single action packed session of mystery and daring do. This makes the adventure idea for convention play or for that home game where you wish to wrap up play in a single session. That being said, play times can vary widely from group to group depending on play style. If it's the judge's intention to run this game in a four hour block, 
such as a convention game, it is recommended that the party begin with pregens uh, in order to allow sufficient time for play. Uh, if, on the other hand, the clock is not a factor, um, and I'll sort of paraphrase, they give you lots of background info um, on NPCs in the adventure and on the town and um, sort of ways where you can sort of expand this out. So it's it's great. I love that. I love things that are written because because of the way our, our games go with my uh, in-person group where we don't meet that often. And it usually ends up taking us forever to get through very little of like these sort of adventures. Um, I like when things are sort of set up with that sort of convention mentality in mind or like a something set up for a one-shot where it's like you can have all the feels of a big adventure game in a handful of hours. Okay, so let me uh, let me kind of flip through this and paraphrase some things a little bit. So the basic premise is there's this town, and above it is this sort of floating island moat with a wizard's castle on it. And it's starting to sort of crumble and fall apart. And so the, the big threat is that this giant moat is going to fall right on top of the city and destroy it. So you're, 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 you're being sent up to the wizard's castle to kind of check it out and see if you can prevent what's, uh, what's expected to happen. When you leave the town, you know, there's a, a couple ways you can go up. There's, a, there's this big mountain. Okay. So when you leave the town, there's this big mountain, this big icy mountain uh, that sort of will, runs up next to the floating island moat. So you have a couple of ways to get up the mountain. You can kind of cut through this dwarven mine, like as a shortcut, or you can sort of take the long way around, which has its own set of encounters and stuff. And it's pretty lighthearted. There's some funny stuff in here. Like there's like a Medusa cow in the dwarven mine. And there's like um, this big mechanical dragon that's sort of meant to scare you and stuff. Uh, there's a cool, there's a cool part when you get to the top of the mountain, like trying to cross this bridge that connects the mountain to the um, the wizard's uh, little island up there, and um, it's pretty cool. Let me let me let's let's roll on it. You try to cross the bridge. Let me read this real quick. As you exit the warmth of the mountain's interior. You are slapped by the icy winds of the summit, starry skies shining above through whipping tendrils of snow. Before you swings a precarious, weather-worn bridge comprised of frozen ropes and ice-encrusted wooden treads. Through the driving snow, you could just make out the silhouettes of Dagon's castle in the distance against the moonlit night sky. So, if, you know, you've got to basically make, like, an agility check... Or a strength check to make it across this um, this bridge, and so if you fail, uh, there's some things that can happen. So let me um, let's roll let's roll the first thing. Let's roll the D10. Uh, falling from the bridge, we got a nine. So a seven plus. The PC plummets to the village a thousand feet below. Should an adventurer fall or fail any of these checks, all is not yet lost. There's still a very small chance that. The unfortunate PC can survive the fall. Roll a d4 on the following table. So let's do it. A two. The PC slams through the roof of the gilded griffin onto a second floor bed and then crashes through the floor to the first level onto another bed. 
There's a 50% chance the PC survives with 1d10 broken bones and a single remaining hit point. All right, 50-50. Let's do a d6. I'll oh, screw it. Let's, write, let's roll percentile dice. So we're going to roll. So we'll say uh, 1 to 50, I survive. Okay, 68. I didn't survive. But let's see, I did survive. Um, let's see. I'd have 1d10 broken bones, uh, eight broken bones, and a single remaining hit point if I did make that roll. So it's pretty funny. It's pretty good stuff. There's good stuff in here. It totally fits the DCC vibe. And I mean, I think if you're if you're on top of it, you could you can make this happen in four hours for sure. Maybe even less. Um, there are some cool. Um, there's some really cool events. There's a lot of fighting, but it's all. None of it's very, like, draggy. I don't think any of these fights seem like they drag too much. There's a couple of NPCs that are sort of set up to go with the party. And that can be kind of tough because um, they're sort of working at odds with each other. And I don't usually send NPCs along with my players. So that's, um, for me, it's a little tough uh, to handle. But it's not too tough. They give you, you can sort of uh, just go with it. It's pretty good. Yeah, so Frostfang Expedition. I think it's great. Um, I like... It's got a cool map in here. It's got a really nice layout. It's got a great map. Um, it has, like... And I've seen this in a lot of DCC modules. It has the, the uh, encounter um, encounter table. So it actually shows you from encounter... From area 1-1 to area 1-8-A. Like, boom. What's the kind of encounter? So, bandits. Dwarven ghosts. Possess windmill, you know, it gives you like what kind of encounter, uh, if they're combat, if they're traps. Um, and uh, DCC, they seem to do that a lot in their modules. Uh, it's a nice clean layout. And it's just like a fun sort of lighthearted adventure. But there's a lot, you know, if you can get through this whole thing, if your players make it to the end, they've done a lot. Like they've encountered a lot of stuff, a lot of wildly different stuff. Um this is my one of my favorite adventures for sure. I mean, and, and DCC is like chock full of incredible modules and adventures. I mean, almost every funnel adventure I've ever read has been super fun. And we've played a bunch too. We've played a lot of the big ones that you play. Um, Sailors on the Starless Sea. Uh, the one from the, the, from the rule book is great. Um, I can't remember the name of it. But the little short one, it's like eight pages long. But it's awesome. And you easily i've we played that one a million times you can play one night's uh a full night of like rpg fun uh with a ton of like characters tunnel funnel characters um that's a super good i love dcc um but this adventure is great um and i i think i i really like the sort of philosophy behind it as far as uh, presenting something to be running an evening and, and i, I kind of want to take that into my own writing and my own game design anyways thanks for listening folks it's been fun and i will check you all soon